Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson, the story of the prodigal son, especially this part of it, where it says, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is our text. If you read uh, the little email that I sent out yesterday or the little paragraphs that I have in the bulletin this morning, you know the story of the little adventure from when I was a young boy. And if you didn't read it, I'm going to recount it for you again. There was one beautiful summer day when I was young, me and my best friend Louie grabbed our bikes and took off. Our sisters were in the front yard. They saw us leave, but we did not tell them where we were going. So we spent the day out in the woods near our house pretending we were on a wilderness adventure. We pretended to cook our own food, our own meals. We looked up at the sun in the sky to determine, try to determine what time it was. We pretended to bandage our fake, our made-up wounds that we had. We had an awesome day just having a lot of fun adventuring and using our imaginations. And finally we decided, well, maybe it's time to go home. So we rode our bikes home and got to our front yard, and both sets of our parents were there in the front yard. I want you to picture this morning, after an entire day of looking for these two boys, an entire day of even calling the police trying to find us, what the look on my father's face must have looked like. Even if you've never met my father, don't know what he looks like, Try to picture, try to imagine that look on his face this morning. I want to assure you it was not a look of joy. He was about as angry as I had ever seen him in my entire life. It was quite the opposite of the welcome home that the young man receives in our text for today, the story of the prodigal son. I asked you to picture my dad that day because I want to show you the picture, literally, of another father, the father that we meet in this famous classic parable that Jesus tells that we call the parable of the prodigal son. Some have suggested, and I think probably rightly so, instead it should probably call the parable of the faithful father or the parable of the grace-filled father or the loving father. And that's what we see up on this painting on the screens here today. This painting is from the 1600s. It's by a very famous Spanish painter named Murillo. M-U-R-I-L-L-O, Murillo. He painted it as one of eight huge canvases for the Church of the Hospital of St. George in Seville, which is where there was a hospice for the homeless and hungry. And so these paintings hung in that place where homeless and hungry people came. Today it hangs in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. If you're ever there, I'd encourage you to go and see it. More than that, if you can't see it clearly here today, go home and look it up. You can find it online. But before we get to the Father's face, I want you to take a look at the son, if you can see him in this picture. The prodigal son. He looks a mess. The way he is depicted in this painting is absolutely fitting for the way in which he has disrespected his father. 
This son not only wasted his father's inheritance, but he did so without even any regard for whatsoever the love that his father had for him, the care that he had for him, the heart that his father had for him. In the painting, this son, rightfully so, looks like a beggar because at this point of the scene, that's what he is. He's a beggar. His shirt is so ripped that it's barely hanging on. His pants are in tatters. His hair is a mess. His face is unshaken, unshaven. And you know what? It's probably a good thing that this picture, this painting, isn't scratch and sniff because I don't think you'd want to smell him. Look at his feet. His feet stand out. They're dirty and dusty. They are bruised and worn. You can feel his feet throbbing. The son's feet remind us that this young man has nothing to offer, nothing to give. He simply falls to his knees and begs, literally begs, for forgiveness. Without too much of a stretch of imagination at all, you and I can see that this son is me taking off from home on that warm summer day. He is you. He is us. We are sons and daughters who have not only wandered away from our Heavenly Father, we have run away from him. We have gone the opposite direction. We have done anything and everything that displeases him. We have tried to take our entire inheritance and gone and squandered it in unrighteous living. We are sons and daughters with with worn feet, feet that are bruised and battered by our own sin. And the more we run away from God, And our own sinfully selfish desires, the more weary, the more hopeless, the more helpless we become. We want to run back to God on occasion, but when we want to run back to him, far often we feel completely unworthy to do so as we have already confessed in our sins, in our confession this morning. We are unworthy beggars with bruised and battered feet. Now, take a look at the father. The father is right there smack in the middle of the painting, and and as classic paintings often do, the father and the son kind of form a triangle here because your eye goes straight to them when you first look at the painting. Look at that father in the center of the painting, which is rightfully where he should be because this story is really all about him. It's about the father, a big man, a a strong man. He's a caring man. You You can even see the gentleness in his hands. And the look on his face, I think, is significant. He's not smiling, just like everything is just fine, everything's okay, because everything isn't. His son really did hurt him. His son also hurt himself. And if you are a parent, you know that when your children hurt themselves, it sometimes hurts you more than if they hurt you. It's even harder for the father to bear that. So how could he act like everything was fine? But neither is the father angry. You don't see any anger on his face. He is not giving his son the back of his hand or a kick in the pants. Rather, the father looks at his son with love. He looks at him with concern. He looks at him with relief. Whatever picture you have in mind of your heavenly father, as if we could have one of a father who is spirit, 
this picture of our Heavenly Father would certainly be one that would suffice. He doesn't scold or belittle us when we come crawling back to Him. He is not angry with us. He loves us. He cares for us. This Father, we see in this Father's face, our Savior, Jesus, the image of God and His loving forgiveness for us. So when I came home from my wilderness adventure that day, my father was most certainly angry. Sent me to my room. He told me I was to stay there. I was never to come out until he told me I could. And he told me, worst of all, that we were not now going to go on the fishing trip that we had planned, one that I had been looking forward to for months. I was devastated, very devastated, because I was so looking forward to that day together with my dad, and it didn't take me to realize, take me long to realize that my dad was so angry with me because he loved me. He was scared that something had happened to me. How much more our Heavenly Father loves and cares for us and wants us back when we go running away from him in our sin and sinfulness, and then comes running out uncharacteristically to come and get us, to deliver his love and forgiveness. And so if forgiveness is portrayed most clearly in this picture of the father and the son, you can also see in this painting Muriel's emphasis on the resurrection itself in what we might consider the third part of this painting. It's the new clothing. In verse 22, the father calls the servants to put his best robe on the son, to feed him, to put shoes on his feet, and a ring on his finger. finger. And Muriel captures this with the servant on the right side of the painting. You can see him there holding this clean shirt and a silk robe and a pair of sandals and the servant behind him is holding up the ring that they're going to put on his finger. I would suggest to you that this part of the painting invites us to think ahead in the story. It invites us to think ahead to the next day. To the next day after the sun has been cleaned cleansed, taken a bath, a shower, and he has been dressed properly. And with this new set of clothing, there is a dawning of a new day for this forgiven son. He didn't need to reapply for a brand new spot in the family. Through his father's running embrace, he's already restored. He is already forgiven. He's already welcomed back. And with these new clothes, with the next day, there is life after death. There is new life. There's a fresh start. There's a clean set of clothes. There is freedom from past sin. It's all gone, washed away, forgotten, never to be thought of again. And guess what? My dad eventually took me on that fishing trip. It was a gift that I shouldn't have received, I didn't deserve it, but that's what undeserved love and forgiveness looks like. How much more our Heavenly Father. He not only gives us sinners good gifts of joy 
and community and especially Christ, he gives us the gift of new life, of forgiven life, of resurrected life that will happen in the world that is to come. We heard it today in our epistle lesson from 2 Corinthians, stated explicitly, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. This son, this young son, was forgiven and welcomed by his father. He is a new creation. But that was just a story. It was a parable told by Jesus to make a bigger and better point for you and me. You are loved and forgiven by your heavenly father. You are welcomed. In your baptism into the death and resurrection of Jesus, you are a new creation. Jesus opened his loving arms and wrapped you in the depths of his love, and you have been given the certain promise of resurrection and life everlasting. One more thing to notice about this painting. Notice that it isn't depicted in Bible times. It's depicted in Muriel's times. He lived in the 1600s. And so these are clothes from the 1600s. The backdrop is of the 1600s. It's as though a painter would paint it today with 21st century clothes and backdrop and background. Muriel is suggesting that this story is for every time, for every age, for every person. You are loved and forgiven by your Heavenly Father at this time and in this place. And so picture this. The last day has come. You rise from your grave and your Heavenly Father runs to you with arms wide open to wrap you in His love and to welcome you home. In Jesus' name, amen.